0: Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Glad to begin a brand new broadcast week with you today. And uh, I want to begin today doing something a little bit different, okay? Many of you know that I serve as the chaplain at St. Brides Correctional Center. And so I want to put a plug in for the ministry there at St. Brides and all that the Lord is doing there. Uh, We just began Celebrate Recovery at St. Brides. And we're so excited about the men who have signed up. Well, this past week at Celebrate Recovery, I asked a man to give me some prayer requests and I was gonna get people to pray for them. And so I'm gonna put this on our church prayer list and I'm gonna ask you to join me as I go through this list. Now I'm not gonna give you the names of these guys. I don't have that permission to share that with you, but I do have the permission to share the prayer request with you today. So would you please pray for these individuals? Okay, I've got one man here. Uh, He says, I need prayer to help build up my self-esteem. He says, I'm having a lot of difficult times, a lot of uh, battling with depression. And so we're gonna pray for this young man today. And then another young man uh, sent in a, a prayer request. And he says, help me to have a mind that is renewed, a mind like Jesus And then pray for my family, pray for their health, pray for their safety, pray that I won't be so filled with worry and anxiety, so we're going to pray for him as well. And then we've got another prayer request, and uh, this individual says, my son has gotten into a lot of trouble. I want to ask that you pray for him so that he'll get back on track. And that I can help him when I get home, that I can help him to uh, be guiding his life to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray for that as well. And then we have another man from St. Brides asked us if we would pray uh, for him to overcome his addiction. And he says, God bless you. Thank you for praying for me. And then we have another card that was turned in and says that, pray that I can get all of my good time and that I could be released early Peace, love, and harmony. And so thank you for sharing that prayer request as well. And then we have another man that asks us to pray for healing and for recovery. And uh, he has a, a family member recently diagnosed with cancer. Uh, so we want to pray for that individual. And then he's also got an older brother that he'd like us to pray for as well. And then we have a man who asks us to pray for safety there at the Correctional Center. Now, lots of activities going on in the pod. Just praying that we'll be able to be a strong Christian uh, testimony, living for Christ, living like Christ. Pray for peace and strength. Pray that he'll have focus on his faith journey. Pray that he can overcome anxiety, overcome fear of all the circumstances that he is facing. And then we have this other man who asks us to pray that he would overcome anger. Pray for healing. And uh, pray that he'll be with his family issues. And then pray that his release date comes quickly. Uh, so we're going to pray for this man as well. And then we have a final card that was turned in and it says, please pray for my family continue to bless my dad uh he says I'm in recovery I'm concerned about my family. I watch over my children continue to bless them I uh, pray for reconciliation with a spouse. I also pray for strength for the journey day to day so we are going to pray for these cards and so Lord as we begin a brand new week a new opportunity to know something new about you. we thank you that your mercies they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so, Lord, I pray over these cards that were turned in. I pray for those who are listening to the broadcast today. Uh, Maybe they're on the highway. Maybe they're sitting in traffic. I pray for their safety. I pray for their uh, wisdom. I pray that you just open up their minds, open up their hearts to the message that you have for them today. I thank you for this wonderful broadcast, and I pray that we will indeed follow with hope for our hearts as a result of hearing God's word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, well, let's dive right into the message today. Today and tomorrow, I want to share with you seven facts of grace, seven facts of grace. And a subtitle, I guess you could say, would be grace for our thorns. And now Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 says he cried out to the Lord three times That the Lord would remove a thorn in his flesh. Now we don't know what that thorn is. Lots of people have speculated. Okay, some say, well, he had uh, poor eyesight. Uh, Some say, well, he had a bad back. He was kind of hunched over. Uh, Some say that he had uh, some other physical ailment. Uh, Some say he may have even had some digestive issues, right? Some say that it really wasn't a physical ailment, but it was an emotional ailment that Paul. Battled depression, or Paul battled some anxiety. So we don't know if that was the case or not. Some say, well, it has nothing to do with any of that. Paul's biggest thorn in the flesh uh, was people, right? And he mentions one of those guys, Alexander the coppersmith, and uh, how he did Paul much harm. And that's found in Second Timothy chapter four. And so he talks about how he did a great deal of harm. So maybe that was Paul's thorn in the flesh. Some said he battled with malaria, or he battled with epilepsy, or he battled with migraines, uh, or even a speech impediment. And We don't know what his thorn in the flesh was. We can only speculate. And I know, or I think I know, <laughs> why the Lord never told us what that thorn in the flesh was. Because I think we'd be looking at our lives and say, well, uh, Paul had a thorn in the flesh, but it wasn't as bad as my thorn in the flesh. Uh, we'd have a hard time identifying with that grace that Paul talks about. And I love how Paul puts this. He says, you know, God has given me such wonderful revelations. Now, if you're listening to this broadcast, I want you to know God has given you wonderful revelations. And so to keep us from becoming prideful, Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. And look what he calls it. He calls it a messenger from Satan to torment me, and to keep me from being proud. When you think about that? Whatever the Lord needs to do to keep us from being prideful is highly recommended. As a matter of fact, uh, next week I'll be doing a two-part series on how to defeat pride in our lives, how to walk in humility. But for today, I want to look at this subject of the facts of grace. John Stott was a great preacher of yesteryear, and he was preaching in the University of Sydney in Australia, and he was basically doing a a campaign, an evangelistic campaign, kind of like a revival service there at the University of Sydney. And he got toward the end of that week of services, and all of a sudden he lost his voice right before the very last message. Well, a group of students, he says, gathered around him. And they asked if they could pray over him, and they prayed as they would pray over Paul, that this thorn in the flesh might be taken from John Stott so that he could get his message delivered. But as they prayed for him, uh, he says, God, keep me weak if that's what I need to do in order to glorify you. Well, as it turned out, that last service, he got within an inch of the microphone. And he just did the best he could to speak the gospel. He says, I was unable to use any kind of inflection of my voice. I couldn't express my personality. He says, I just was very quiet in a whisper voice, monotone voice, crying out to God, giving out the message in my human weakness. And he says, I can honestly say he had a greater response that night in any other night. And he goes on and tells the story that he's been back to Australia 10 times since that night where he lost his voice. And he says, on every occasion, somebody has come up to me and said, do you remember that night when you lost your voice? I was converted that night. Now, Paul is referring to a physical, spiritual, or emotional affliction or something else entirely. But he has this affliction, and it's called an affliction from Satan, the messenger from Satan tormenting him to keep him from being filled with pride. So I want you to know that God's grace is sufficient for whatever thorn you have right now. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse number 10, it says, that I will pour out on the house of David. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem. A spirit of grace and supplication. Now that spirit of grace is talking about the Holy Spirit. Whenever you think of grace, you can't separate it from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is grace. Grace is the Holy Spirit. And also here we learn that there's a matter of supplication. In other words, God's going to give us exactly what we need. During our times of difficulty, during our thorn in the flesh, it is the grace of God and what goes along with that grace that gives us the power to endure. So let's look at the reality of what this grace is all about. The first thing that we've got to drive home, one out of seven is this, grace is a free gift. Now we're going to use a verse that you're very familiar with, right? Ephesians 2, verse number 8, for by grace you have been saved. Uh, Some say that that's an ongoing process. For by grace you will continue to be saved. Uh, You're in the process of continually being saved. It's a continuous outpouring of God's grace that brings about salvation. So I guess we could say on one hand, salvation is a decision at a moment in time but salvation is also an ongoing process. We grow in grace. We grow in our salvation. We become more like Christ. And so this grace that is given to us, we're saved by grace through faith and that not of your own doing, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. Now, isn't it amazing that God gives us this grace through faith so that nobody can boast? It's the same grace that Paul is talking about, that grace that was given to him to endure that thorn in the flesh. I see a direct correlation between God's saving grace and the same grace that can also be ministering to us as we are being tormented by a messenger of Satan. But we must always remember grace is a free gift. Now, maybe to help us even understand this more deeply, we're going to do a contrast, okay? Romans chapter 5, verse 15, that's exactly what Paul does. Paul says there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Paul is contrasting what Adam did in his sin and what Christ did in his glorious gift. Now, Adam brought death to us. Now, sometimes we look at the story of Adam and Eve. We say, well, if I was in Adam's situation, I would have not succumbed to that temptation. Well, first of all, that's a lie because an Adam is all of us. And if you don't believe it, just try to go a day without sinning. Just try. See how long you can make it without sinning. Now, if you're honest, we sin much more than we probably would like to admit. It seems like it's an ongoing battle because we do have two natures with us. We have the Adamic nature, the, the nature of Adam, which brought death, and in him is all of us. But then when you are born again, we see what God's gracious gift has done to us. You see, Adam's gift brought death. God's gift has given us forgiveness. God's gift has given us everlasting life. Adam's gift caused creation to be cursed. That sin nature, although creation never had a choice about it, they were under the curse because of the sin of Adam and Eve. You see, Adam's gift versus God's gift. Adam's gift brought death. God's gift brings life everlasting. Adam's gift brought enslavement to sin. God's gift, through his son Jesus Christ, Sets us free from sin. You see, throughout your life, you've probably received a lot of gifts that were free. Now, some gifts are really more life-changing than others. For example, I I have a pen on this desk, and if I were to give you this pen and say, "Here is a gift. I want you to have this pen," uh, and you might say, "Well, well, that's nice. I really appreciate that." Then, on the side of the pen, it says. This pen was stolen from Hickory Ridge Community Church, right? I say, what kind of gift is that, right? Well, uh, forget about that, right? But this gift is something that you would probably appreciate it. It was given to you free, but in all honesty, it's probably not going to change your life. Pens are not that expensive. And when we think about the value of something, uh, the value of something is always dependent upon the cost of the gift and how much the gift impacts me. For example, I can give you something very expensive, but if you don't really have a desire for it, it doesn't really change your life. For example, if you are starving to death, and I come to you and says, "Well, listen, uh, let me give you this diamond ring," he said, "I can't eat a diamond ring." I know that diamond ring is very expensive, but it really doesn't do me a whole lot of good. I know it's very costly, but right now what I really need is a sandwich, right? A sandwich would be more valuable than that diamond ring because it supplies a need that you have. I want you to know this free gift that God gives through His Son, Jesus Christ, is a costly gift, but it's also A very valuable gift because it is a gift that is indispensable. It's a gift that nobody else can give you. It is the only gift that you can receive that is not only free, but is also life changing and changing you for all of eternity. Grace is a free gift. We were talking about this last night in my small group, and I gave them a good definition of grace that I've heard repeated probably hundreds of times. Spelling out the word grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. In other words, this is a very costly gift, but it was given to us as a free gift. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God. So we've learned, first of all, that grace is a free gift. Number two. Grace is received by faith. It says, through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. Now, God knows, and I think all of us know, how prone we are to boast. But even the faith to receive the grace of God. Even that faith was a gift given to us. You maybe remember the old ad from the United States Marines, and it's got a picture of a sword, and beneath it are the words for the Marines, earned, never given. Now, if you want to become a Marine, you know, be prepared to earn that name through sacrifice, through hardship, through training. If you get it, you deserve it. But if you want to become a Christian, you must have the exact opposite attitude. For the message of the gospel is, given, never earned. You cannot save your own soul. And God will not save anyone who tries to earn their salvation. But he saves those who will humbly receive it as a free gift through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, if you get it, you absolutely didn't deserve it. And even the faith to believe that you can receive it is a gift that is given to you. Let's look at that verse a little more closely. Ephesians 2.8.9, for by grace you are saved through faith. And then the next phrase says, it is not your own thing. So that's referring not only to the grace that is a gift, but also the faith that is a gift. It's a gift of God not of works. You see, some people wrongly think that faith is the ticket that gets me into heaven. I get grace of God, but I got to cash that ticket in, and faith is that ticket that triggers the grace of God. I don't want to take this point too far, but I want you to know that we are not able to trigger that faith. It's a gift that is given to us by God himself. All we simply do is receive that gift. And I know this may be a small point, but I think it's a major point because some people wrongly think, well, I had the faith to believe. And then they will think, well, if I lose that faith, then I've lost my salvation. But the faith that God gives us is forsaking all I trust him. It's an emptying of myself. It's not earning anything. It's realizing I have nothing to offer. I can't even believe of my own will. And so, Lord, would you give me the faith to believe that I can receive? The grace of God. So we've learned a whole lot about God's grace, haven't we? We've learned that it is a free gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. We've learned that even the faith to receive grace is given to us. Number three, grace is fueled by trust and obedience. We're going to look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Now, here we see that uh, Solomon is writing. And he said, now listen to my son, listen to your father's instructions, don't forsake your mother's teaching. And then he uses a phrase that I don't think we find anywhere else in scripture. It says, they are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adore your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, there's do not give in to them. If somebody's tempting you, don't give into it. So we're learning that grace is fueled by trust and obedience. The more I trust and obey the grace of God, the more I'm able to not give in to sin. Now, when we think about this, right, it seems like there's a whole different variety of types of sins that we can uh, uh, give into. You think about your favorite food, maybe it's steak or, or maybe it's ice cream I love pepperoni pizza, okay? Uh, or maybe it's apple pie, right? Now God could have just made fuel. He could have just said, "I'm going to sustain you with the same kind of food. Everybody's going to have the same thing. We're going to eat one we're going to eat biscuits, right? Uh, but instead he gives us a a vast and a wonderful array of food. So food is a central Experience of God's goodness. Now the world is is bringing things to us that appear to be very delicious, and it seems like there's a superabundance of the different types of food that we can eat. We all know that some food is not good for us, and some food is good for us. So God goes over the top, giving us a variety of good food that we can eat. He goes over the top, giving us a variety of grace grace for the moment. But how do we keep getting that grace? By trusting Him, by obeying Him. That's where we learn that His grace is sufficient. As a matter of fact, we are told that we should be growing in grace. We should be growing as believers by being more gracious. Well, I'm going to stop right there for today. I hope that you'll join me tomorrow as we get through the rest of these seven points talking about grace for your thorns. Now, if I can pray for you, it would be my highest honor to bring you before God's throne of grace. I believe in the power of prayer. As a matter of fact, if you were to ask me what are the most important components of the Christian faith, right near the top, I'd say prayer. Praying and seeking God's face You know, we're told to pray without ceasing. We're told to pray believing, whatever you ask in prayer, believing it will be done. As we pray, God begins to speak back to us, often through his word, sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through the church and through people. But God loves to communicate with us and that we communicate to him through prayer. So if I can pray for you, uh, would you shoot me a text message? say, Hey, would you pray? I've got to make this decision. Just shoot me a text message and I won't share your name if you don't want me to share your name, but I will pray for you. Okay. 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. As we pray, we trust God and we believe that he will answer our prayers. Now, why is it that we struggle so much to pray? Well, one of the reasons is because we really think that we are self-sufficient, right? <laughs> I mean, if it's to be, it's going to be because of me, right? Uh, and so we are pre-programmed and our world programs this, this way uh, that we must take initiative. Now, I'm not talking about being irresponsible. Uh, we're to be responsible. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes in life, there are things beyond our ability to control. And so we pray, believing God will answer that prayer. We pray trusting God and knowing that the prayers that are most effective here on this earth begin up in heaven. That's why Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I'm excited to have you as part of our broadcast audience. My number again, one more time, 252-267-267. 2365. Well, God bless you. Join me tomorrow for part two of Grace for Your Thorns. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com/1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.